Hello, hello, hello. This is Brooke Walker with Exceptionally Effective Esquire. Um, I don't know. I love, I love the start of every one of these. It's really a lot of fun for me. And I'm super excited about today because today is uh, one of my favorite subjects, which is rest. And we are at part two of our Exceptional Living series. And we are going to talk about all things rest. We're going to talk about R&R, we're going to talk about sleep, we're going to talk about why it's important. And the fun thing about this one is that there are three things, three things that we're specifically going to dive in today that are taking away from your sleep. So, and I'm sure you're wondering what are those three things. And so briefly, um, the three things that are robbing you of rest are you don't make it a priority. I'm sure that resonates with a bunch of people right off the bat. Uh, second one is blue lights. And then the third one is stress. And we're going to dive into all of those. Um, they all definitely add to each other. And if you guys want further information on this subject, I'm always going to direct you to my website, which is exceptionallyeffectiveesquire.com. That is exceptionallyeffectiveesquire.com. And I have a seven day sleep challenge. So if you really want to tackle this subject and make sleep a habit for you, I really recommend you go there. But today I'm going to give you some tips that you can use, even if you choose not to go further with it. Uh, maybe you do get a decent amount of sleep, but we're going to talk about why rest is so incredibly important. So of our five exceptional living, and these are, you know, if you listen to the last episode, these are the five things that are absolutely necessary that you need um, to be utilizing in your life for exceptional living. I didn't make these up, but I love them and I study them and I nerd out about them and I'm going to, and I enjoy sharing them with you. So rest. Um, first off, and if you've seen this on my Instagram, I kind of I kind of went with an explanation on some basics about sleep and they are you know what if what if you literally physically looked better when you're getting the proper amount of rest you look better you look sexier like isn't that worth something like just a way to improve your life by actually getting it, it's like getting your beauty sleep and then what if you were smarter? So they've done so many studies and they, so one of the most fascinating studies to me that they've ever done is that they changed the time for high school students for, from a particular school. And what they found is that in a single year from one year to the next, the graduating class got 100 points higher on their SAT scores just from changing the time they got up in the morning to an hour, the time that school started to an hour later. And there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that specifically for teenagers because uh, teenagers actually, sh their circadian rhythms change over time for, for children and adults. And teenagers specifically should, they are night owls. It's just a phase that they go through. It's like little kids are generally early birds. They tend to go to bed early and wake up early and teenagers the opposite. So one of the 
worst things we do to our teenagers is try to get them up early in the morning and get them going. So I've always found that fascinating. So um, <clears throat> the other one that I talked about is what about liking yourself? So stress is a huge one. Stress is incredibly beneficial. So things that are affected by your sleep and um, how long you live, your memory, uh, your ability to be creative, your the way that you look, you you literally look more attractive when you've got a good night's sleep. So I call it your beauty sleep. Keeps you slimmer. Um, our food cravings actually go up when we are not getting enough sleep. And I think part of that is because food helps satiate us. And so when we eat, it can, it can help us to fall asleep. So somebody who's not getting enough sleep, on average, eats about an extra 300 calories per day is what the studies have found, which translate into 15 or 30 pounds a year, depending on exactly where you fall in that. Um, it protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and flus. So one of the things I mentioned, it's going to help keep COVID away. Uh, when you've gotten a proper amount of sleep, we do 80% of our healing when we sleep. 80%. Your body needs to turn off so that it can, so that it can take out the garbage, and that's that's a literal thing that it does in our brains. Um, it actually files a lot of things away while we're sleeping. So there's all these processes that are happening, and you know, it's interesting. Sleep is one of the few things that they have really limited the way that they study it. So one of the things that's been taken out of the Guinness World Records is people's ability to stay awake. They found that it's way too dangerous and the people who have practiced and attempted it, that, it be, that it, the detriment to their health was um, not okay. And so sleep studies these days now are the same thing. They are very limited on the uh, limitations that they will put on sleep studies. So they typically will not limit sleep studies to much less than six hours. And just in case you wanted to know exactly how much sleep you should be getting every night, you should be getting seven to eight hours. Now, seven to eight hours is for the standard adult. If you are very physically active or more on the athlete side, you may need more than that. And fun, interesting information. If you want to see how much some professional athletes get as far as sleep goes, go check out Usain Bolt. So Usain Bolt, when he was um, training, there are days that he was getting up to 16 hours of sleep a day. And he trained for years to run a few seconds. So that's something that's fascinating to me. Uh, lowers your risk of heart attacks, st stroke, diabetes, and also depression and anxiety. So these are all, they've, they, there are more than 17,000 sleep studies out there. So one of the first things I say to everybody, anytime I have a conversation about sleep is the best thing that you can do is never take sleep aids. Now there may be a few, um, on the healthier side of things. So I'm not talking about taking some melatonin. I'm not talking about that, you know, some, some of the natural remedies. What I'm saying is things like Ambien, 
all of those specific drugs, those are some of the worst over-the-counter drugs you could possibly be taking. So if you're on those, my biggest recommendation right now is get off them immediately. There is not a single sleep study that shows long-term benefits of any of them or even short-term benefits of any of them uh, that was not paid for by the company that was going to benefit from it. So there's nothing that shows that it actually benefits you. So let me explain why. So basically one of the main reasons that those sleep aids are really poor choice is because they act similarly to alcohol. And this is a reason that alcohol is not a good way to get you to go to bed either. What it does is it, it can be, it is a depressant, so it will help you to fall asleep, but the type of sleep you get from them is going to be uh, less beneficial because it doesn't, when you're under that, that type of sleep, you're actually getting worse sleep. So uh, get rid of it. Do not take them. Now, if you're having a lot of trouble sleeping, I always say go to my thing, but we're gonna talk about a couple different things here today. So three things that you need to put into your R&R schedule. Rest and relaxation. First off, uh, priority. Most people are not getting enough rest and relaxation because they are not making it a priority. You should be scheduling your seven to eight hours of sleep every night. I'm going to say that again. You should be making sure that your seven to eight hours is scheduled every night. You should have eight hours that you can be in bed every evening. And during that time, that's all you do. There are not extra things involved in that. So if you normally go to bed at nine o'clock, then go to bed at nine o'clock every night and be consistent about it, especially if you have a bad sleep habit. So when I tell people to put, the, to, to put these things into their life, these are, these are rules that you should follow until you have enough of a sleep habit that going to bed is a natural thing for you. So prioritizing your sleep means that you're setting a time and a schedule to do that. If you wanna include, if you need more sleep than seven to eight hours, maybe you plan a 30 minute nap during the day and you actually plan time to lay on the couch and just rest with nothing else involved. And just so you know, sleep at night should have nothing else involved. There should not be a TV on, and we're gonna go into that as our number two. But just as number one, it should be a priority. It is something you schedule. And prior to going to bed, at least an hour before, there should be nothing other than maybe reading a book or having conversations with people. And that means that electronics are turned off. Um, I think reading's fine, but part of this is, is about modernization. So modernization has really caused a problem with our ability to sleep and it's messed up our circadian rhythms. And TVs, phones, computer screens, those all take from that. And so number two of things that are robbing your rest and relaxation is blue lights. So blue lights, so LED lights are something that's been an amazing invention for power and 
um, the ability to have, you know, to not have to recycle as many light bulbs, all that kind of stuff. They are, however, in our telephones, or not our telephones, I'm sorry, our cell phones. They're in our cell phones, they're in our computer screens, they're in our TV screens. Um, a lot of times they're in the light bulbs in our homes. And what blue light does is it actually blocks our melatonin receptor. So let's say, let's say hundreds of years ago, we didn't have the same type of light in our house. We probably had candles, we had firelight. But when it began to get dark outside, our bodies began to know that we were getting ready to go to bed, okay? And so we would finish up the things that we had to do. We would have, you know, maybe firelight and stuff like that, which is not, it doesn't have the same effect on your eyes. And so our bodies would kick in, our bodies would start dropping melatonin. The melatonin tells you that you're tired. It actually tells you it's time for you to go to bed, and which, which helps to assist you. One of the other things that happens is, is temperature drops. The temperature of your home is going to drop because at night temperatures go down. That is another thing that signals your body that it's time to go to bed, cooler temperatures. So all of these things help your circadian rhythm so that you automatically are just ready to go to bed and when you get in bed you fall asleep. Then you stay asleep through most of the night. Um, the, you're not being woken up by a cell phone or lights or t you know you haven't messed things up with TVs and all these stimulants. And then what begins to wake you up typically is the light and the sun will come up and then your body is ready to go again and the sun does all these different things for our brain and it helps us to wake up and it helps our circadian rhythms as well so we've overridden that so one of the ways you're going to help yourself to fix that problem is to get rid of the blue lights especially as the evening goes on so that when your body begins to drop the melatonin telling you that it is tired you are going to react you're going to be scheduled and you're going to go get in bed and you will fall asleep more easily especially if you practice this on a regular basis and schedule it okay so those are our first two and um you know, there's a lot of sleep deficiencies cause a lot of our physical problems that we do not necessarily attribute to bad sleep. But what I found is most people are having different issues and they're thinking, oh, well, it's from this. Oh, it's this. It's work. It's this. It's that. It's like, no, it's because you are not getting enough sleep at night. So mood disorders, um, so they can lead to depression and anxiety, not getting enough sleep. Um, it, it boosts your immune system. It's incredibly beneficial for your immune system to be getting the proper amount of sleep. Um, lack of sleep actually, and, and if you notice, when you get sick, what's, what's typically one of the first things your body does? It's like, okay, we need more rest. Um, infertility, so not enough sleep can reduce the secretion of reproductive hormones, so you will have more trouble conceiving. Uh, weight gain, like I was saying, we eat more. Uh, diabetes 
so they actually have done studies where they took really young healthy people and they just had them within four days four days you guys young healthy people within four days of of less than six hours of sleep they were they were testing as pre-diabetic um, libido so women women who don't get quality sleep have a decreased interest in sex as well heart disease um, I you know the risk of heart attack goes up so significantly it is there is a one of the most fascinating sleep studies that we do every single year is daylight savings time now Maybe you know that I live in Arizona. We don't actually practice daylight savings time, but um, the rest of the world does. <coughs> Excuse me. But the thing about daylight savings time is that um, there are more heart attacks when we lose that one hour of sleep. So every year when that happens, there are more heart attacks um, than any other time. So. Um, heart attack rates increased by 25%. Auto accidents, which more, which um, they spike every year in the week following the time change, and um, there's a six percent higher increase in fatal um, auto accidents. And so, one of the back to not taking sleep aids, so things like Ambien and those types of sleep aids. Um, I created my sleep program prior to this, but I always go back to Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods, horrible accident that happened to him. Um, and it's not the first time, but he has been known to take sleep aids for a long period of time. So let's take one of the most amazing and successful athletes of our time and talk about how sleep aids have caused what happened to him. Because the only way that you end up going full speed off the side of the road is because you fell asleep at the wheel. And the most dangerous people on the roads are people who are sleep deprived. And that is, that is a fact. They are, they, and it's because they don't react. So they're the only people that don't react at all versus somebody who might be texting and driving, somebody who might be drunk driving. They're slow to react. Their reaction time is, uh, is, is shit. But somebody who falls asleep at the wheel never reacts. And so there's a lot more fatalities by those. And the list, the list of fatalities between truck drivers, between people just who just, um, who aren't getting proper sleep is is ridiculous so all right the third thing that robs from your rest and relaxation stress stress is a big one so when it comes to stress um, if you don't have ways to manage stress and I always say we always there's a lot of people who thrive off of stress I thrive off of stress I believe that uh, attorneys I, I think attorneys actually enjoy the level of stress that they're often under, but most of them are under a little bit more than they'd prefer. So it's my biggest thing is 
not we're not looking to get rid of stress we're looking to manage our stress so that it's something that we can thrive off of versus feeling like it's it's weighting us down so a couple different ways we do that first off you have to learn how to turn things off you have to learn how to if you're stressed, you have to learn how to, and, and it depends where your stress is coming from. Maybe your stress is coming from work. Maybe it's coming from your home life. Regardless, you have to figure out how to manage it and what to do about it. Uh, there's lots of tips and tricks on how to manage stress. One of them is journaling. Journaling is a big one. I think it's a phenomenal way to dump things that are going on. So I'm a big fan of if you're trying to let things go, write it on a piece of paper and just, you know, if it's sometimes it's a matter of you just need to get it out of your brain and maybe it's things that you need to be able to pick up tomorrow for work. So you need to just get them off of your brain and onto paper. Other times it's things that you just need to let go of. Maybe there's things that you have you know, you're not, they're not problems you're solving. You just can't let them go and they're just circling your brain. So that's another way that journaling is beneficial. Meditation. Um, I have a meditation course, so obviously that one's going to rate high for me. But the benefit of meditation is that it allows you to... You're the one running the show. But oftentimes we allow our brain to take over and to be the deciding ones between what is dancing dancing in the in in between our ears <laughs> if that makes sense so instead of you going oh okay this is this is you know we're moving on to the next thing or we're doing this or we're doing this you allow your brain to take whatever is stressing you and run crazy with it meditation allows you to take control back okay and most people are allowing life to dictate what stresses them out from a day-to-day -day basis so for example so they're being stressed out by uh, social media they're being stressed out by people they're being stressed out by and they let other things that are in their life from moment to moment dictate their reaction instead of dictating how your day or your life is going to go. So this is a big one that I've taught for a very long time. I think it's been incredibly beneficial to my life. I think that everybody needs to learn how to be manning your own wheel. And that, and that basically means that like, from moment to moment, you are not wishy-washy and being dragged from one emotional state to another emotional state. Now, there are situations that happen in our life that will throw us, you know, throw us for a loop, but you have to be the one that dictates. So I have a huge morning scheduled thing that I do. And I do that because I dictate how my day is going to go. Don't get me wrong. Something may come up, but for the most part, my day is probably going to stay on track because I've already decided I'm what I already have a plan for what my day is going to be. Now, it may go a little sideways, but generally most things don't rock my boat very hard, you know, and 
I decide what brings me up, what brings me down, and what doesn't bring me up, and what doesn't bring me down, and how my day is going to go, and what I want to see for, you know, tomorrow. A lot of people don't have that ability, but it's really because they haven't spent the time training themselves, and because uh, they haven't spent the time to navigate and process and dictate the thoughts that are going on in your brain and in your head and instead you've allowed the way that you've ha habitually lived to do it so that's where meditation helps you meditation and the smallest little gift that I can give you on this one and th this is you know you, you may not even consider this a meditation technique but the smallest little gift that I can give you is that from day to, from moment to moment before you go from one activity to the next activity, you spend two minutes focusing on what you want to get out of the next thing you're going to do. So let's, so you're going to do this before you go to bed at night. But I also want you to think about doing this when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to, before you get out of bed, think about if I was going to spend one to two minutes and there was there was a feeling I wanted to have throughout my day or there was a way that I wanted to end the day what would that be if there was one or two words I could put on it what would those two words be that I brought joy to somebody that I I was passionate like think about something that that really brings that for you now what if you decided before you go to the gym, like, I'm going to go to the gym today and I'm just going to really put my effort into having a really great workout. And you spend one minute thinking about how it would feel to have a really great workout. So what this is, it, 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 I do kind of consider it part of meditation because you're focusing, but people go through our lives from day to day and we just jump from one thing to to the next without putting any intention to them so this is where you're actually putting intention into it and this helps you to manage your stress phenomenally so and think about this think about if you put one to two minutes before a really important meeting or maybe you're leaving work maybe you're leaving work and you're going home and you you're you know you're going to your child's game or you're going to your child's um practice or perhaps you're going to go meet your spouse and think about if you spent two minutes in the car before you got out of the car or two minutes before you took off to go drive to see them and just like all right I am going to walk into that restaurant and I am going to be so excited to see this person that I cherish and adore I'm going to walk onto that field and see my child and I am going to be a hundred percent there for them and everything else that happened in my day, I'm leaving it behind for the next 45 minutes or hour. Do you know what I'm saying? Like think about the intention that comes with that. Think about the way that it changes how you show up. So this is about being really present. And if you get to a place where you're really present, 
Stress does not come with you. And I know that this episode is about rest. So, but a big part of reducing stress is about how we take that through the day. I can't just teach you how to, how to turn it off at night without also teaching you how to do it for other things. So basically when you go to bed, it's the same thing. You're going to take a moment before your scheduled bedtime (laughs) and you're going to spend a couple minutes and maybe you journal a little bit or maybe you read a book a bit before you go to bed and then I want you to think about like maybe take some maybe take some some real nice breath and just kind of focus on your breathing before you go to bed and think about just relaxing what if you spent two minutes before you went to bed and just thought about all the things that you're gonna let go of so that you can have a really beautiful night of sleep think about letting go the stress from the day think about letting go the worries about what you have to get done tomorrow think about what it's gonna feel just curling up in a warm bed think about your ability to just lay your head and just to relax and to release and to let those things go and I really I mean I really like meditation before I go to bed but I also will listen to guided meditations before I go to bed and when you do that it just it it does something different there's a certain release that happens before you go to bed so you're not taking all of your baggage with you into the bedroom before you re- before you decide that you're going to rest, relax and sleep. So that's what you want to focus on. So those are my three things that um three things that can help benefit you and help you get the best night's sleep ever. And I hope that you implement them. So again, prioritizing and scheduling minimizing um, LED blue lights before a couple hours before you go to bed and then how to how to minimize some stress. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, excited. We are two episodes into our six part series. So check us out two weeks and we will be back. I hope you have a great day. Bye bye.